This Week in HPC. Facebook opens up machine learning. And Google takes Quantum Leap. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. How's it going, Michael? Very well, Addison. How's it going there? Doing fine, thanks. I had an interesting trip this week. I was back in Texas yet again doing a couple of client visits, but got to do one fun thing I hadn't done before. I got an appointment with Cyrus One, which is in the basically in the data center leasing space. They they you can outsource your facilities to Cyrus One. I had met some people from the from there at the Society for HPC Professionals event, and uh, Shane Stewart of Cyrus One. Uh, gave Chris Willard and myself a nice tour and they they've got uh, almost 30 different facilities worldwide mostly in the US but a couple other places about 5 million square feet of total data center space in different places they wow. provide the space they provide the power you roll in your computers and plug them in and uh, and then you don't have the facilities headache it was pretty impressive yeah, it's interesting. I mean, anything's uh, basically a service now. I guess that's that's facilities as a service, and I guess there must be a market for that. If they've got 5 million square feet, uh, they're filling it up, I assume. Yeah, they started in the early 2000s. Their primary customers were in the oil and gas space, although that's a minority of their revenue now, and they're getting a lot of their fast growth coming from hyperscale types of companies, uh, cloud service providers or internet-based infrastructures, and you need to put a whole bunch of servers somewhere else quickly. Uh, you can get the space from uh, from a company like Cyrus One. Very interesting. And speaking of hyperscale, yeah. Facebook uh, is uh, in the news this week in HPC. Yeah, we've got actually we've got Facebook and Google in the news, two two well-known hyperscalers. But yeah, let's start off with the Facebook uh, story. Uh, they announced We're all about that, hyperscale this week in HPC. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, two two diversion stories. The Facebook story is is about uh, machine learning applications that they're they're working on, and they what they did this week was revealed a server uh, design that they've been working on. They're going to open source it. They're going to put it into the open uh, compute project and let let everybody take a look at it and, and tweak it and work on it and do whatever they want. And I guess it's... Uh, it sort of parallels the move. They've, they've already open-sourced their Torch machine learning algorithms. That's the software side of it. And now they're going to open up the hardware side. So Facebook all about opening things. And, and they had a, a big machine learning application here. And this is the first uh, publicly known site that's using the new NVIDIA uh, M40s, right? Right. This is using right those new uh, M40s we talked about uh, just prior to SC15. Those are the ones that are designed specifically for training deep neural networks, which is, which is what Facebook is doing here. They're using it to uh, develop software that can do things like answer questions, play games, learn tasks, read stories. And then they've basically been able to scale up this architecture with these new NVIDIA GPUs and and uh, get uh, a lot faster performance. They're talking about twice as fast as, as maybe their older systems. So, uh, yeah, they seem very jazzed about this. And, uh, you know, they, they, could, they were going to open it up so everybody's going to have access 
to this technology now. Well, and it's a big validation for NVIDIA. I mean, NVIDIA has staked a lot on the growth of machine learning and deep neural networks as a major area for GPUs. They've done a lot of announcements around this. They staked a product on it. So this is a big win for them out of the shoot to get another hyperscale company saying, yeah, they've, they've advanced the state of the art of how they're doing these types of applications. Uh, this is, when we look at the hyperscale market, mostly what we're talking about is internet scale infrastructures where the business model itself is tied to the internet, whether you're doing something like web search or a cloud service provider or e-commerce. And most of these things, you would say, if you were doing it at a much lower level of scale, they're not really HPC applications. It's the scale of the internet that's really driving the use of these high-performance technologies. Machine learning is a special case within that, where these hyperscale companies are really doing something you know, not across their whole entire scale of, say, web search, but but it, the, the infrastructures have engendered the need for this high-performance computing category of application machine learning uh, within these hyperscale clients. Right. These, these deep neural network training systems are quite a bit smaller. Facebook didn't really go into how big their system is, but it's... You know, it's it's tens or probably at most tens of servers. But you got to remember, in this case, each of these servers actually has eight of these GPUs at, at 300 watts apiece. So these are very dense, very very hot servers. And and uh, you know, at, at eight apiece, you get a lot of power in a very small space. And it it uh, does speed up these deep neural network training algorithms quite a bit. So it it is hyperscale, but it doesn't really act like what what we normally consider hyperscalers are doing. Right. These machine learning applications are coming out of companies that do hyperscale. We've seen it at Facebook and Google, Baidu, Microsoft. These are the leaders in machine learning. But the actual amount of spending on machine learning so far has been small. We just want to keep an eye on it in terms of how it has a potential big future impact, not only in hyperscale companies, but in all kinds of industries all over the place. Yeah, exactly. And and there are more and more, you, you see in the news, there are more uh, machine learning stories going on. This was a slow week for traditional HPC, but there were actually a, quite a few stories about machine learning, deep neural networks, artificial intelligence, that sort of thing. That thing never cools off. And uh, yeah, this is, this is a, a fairly big story in that area. Facebook looks like it's jumping in with both feet. Well, let's go to their hyperscale cohort here with Google. Google's uh, not to be outdone is doing its own little bit of interesting work in a corner of HPC that we've talked about from time to time with quantum. Right. They've got their own quantum sort of division there, group that they've been working on. They've had this D-Wave system, the older D-Wave systems for a while, and then they just got a hold of the new D-Wave system, the 2X system, which was announced just in August, and that that's the one that has a 1,000 uh, plus qubits in it, and so they've started to run some algorithms on it in, uh, in that group, and uh, they actually found... Uh, a, pretty stark quantum effect. They've run some algorithms that they were able to run on classical computers, and they found that they could run it about 100 million times faster on this. And to a lot of people, or at least some people that were looking at this, that sort of proves the uh, 
you know, quote unquote, quantumness of what's going on here. And, and uh, that was sort of a question for a while. But this seems to, if not prove it, at least push it a lot closer to the fact that this D-Wave system is doing, is having some quantum effect on these computations. I, I think that's huge news. I mean, you know, we, we've tried to cover this as best we can. Now, I'm not a quantum physicist. I'm an HPC generalist. I get the basics of what we're talking about with quantum computing. But every time I've talked about it, uh, you know, the question that comes up that's pretty common is, does it actually work? And, uh, you know, we're, we're in such early days, it's been difficult to say what you could point to definitively to say this does or doesn't actually work for real applications. Now you're running something where you've, you've done it in a conventional computer, you're doing it in a quantum computer, and you're running it 100 million times faster. I think that's a very big deal. Yeah. Uh, almost regardless of what it is, the fact that you've found something that you can demonstrably say runs ridiculously faster in the quantum world than it does in the traditional computing world, uh, you know, I, I think that's a major announcement. Right, and they, and they they picked basically an algorithm that that was quantum based in the in the blog post by Google. They they compared their quantum hardware to an algorithm called Quantum Monte Carlo, which sounds like it's a method designed to emulate the behavior of quantum systems, but it also is able to run on conventional processors, and that's where they determined that they got this hundred million times speed up. So yeah, it's basically they were testing is you know. Is this quantum simulation that they they've run on on a classical computer able to speed up? And sure enough, it did. So yeah, that is a big step. And you know, and, and so there were some people. There was a in one of the articles we looked at the an MIT technology professor Edward uh, Farr. He said there this does confirm there is quantumness in the D-Wave machine, and, and that's significant. It's going to take me a little bit of time to get used to quantumness as a word, but uh, you know we've we've done that with other words like parallelize, and eventually we get used to them. We say that that's a word, so maybe quantumness will be on my list of words to learn in in 2016. I think we've still got a long way to go on this, but uh, it bodes well for D-Wave to you know to have one of their very few customers out there saying yes, this works, and we're going to keep going. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, the foundation now. You know, they'll start working on other algorithms. Of course, we've talked about the algorithms quantum computing can do, and it's more practical than just simulating quantum systems, certainly. Uh, you know, but uh, this is definitely a good start, and, and it, uh, it confirms a lot of what D-Way has been telling people. And now that they have this big system with 1,000-plus qubits, it sounds like you know some real research and, and maybe even work will be done uh, in the coming months and years. Well, we've got another new year coming up. We're about to start winding down on this one. We'll get a chance to wrap up 2015 and uh, see how we did, what some of the big insights were from this year, and uh, start putting together our predictions for 2016 and beyond. Hey, that sounds good. It, it was a big year. Lots of, lots of interesting stuff going on in 2015, for sure. Well, our listeners, I hope you'll come back as we start to wrap up the year uh, in our next couple of podcasts. But for now, thanks a lot, Michael. Another fun podcast. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 